episode five with Natalie Dow, a well-known fitness entrepreneur, speaker, athlete, and influencer. She is the founder of the highly successful fitness app, Rockstar Fit, which even has a specialized workout program for people in their 40s. Natalie is an Under Armour sponsored athlete and ambassador for a number of brands, for example, Polar Watches and Suniva Resorts. Natalie was the producer and host of the Facebook lifestyle series, Keeping It Real, which received over 30 million viewers for season one, and is the host of the travel series, No Limits for Business Insider. She is currently the World Health Organization Facebook ambassador, generating over 60 million views on her posts, and appears regularly in media as a celebrity trainer and guest speaker at many global events. From Natalie's bio, you might think that Natalie is one of those 35 to 40 year olds that is maximizing her influencer opportunities, but get this, Natalie is 49 and no stranger to the effects of menopause. Natalie tells her story of how she went from international marketing and business manager to fitness influencer and icon in her 40s. Natalie's backstory with rheumatoid arthritis and how that influences her hormones and health choices is applicable to anyone who is suffering from an autoimmune disease. Check out the show notes to connect with Natalie for future inspiration. So excited today that I am introducing the world through the aging to a lady I've met once. <laughs> this is Natalie Dow and Natalie is based in Singapore and I'm calling in from New Zealand. I always start the podcast with, you know, how the heck did we actually meet? And um, once again, I can kind of say I started following you <laughs> on Instagram. I feel like everyone I'm int introducing is like from an Instagram follow. <laughs> but actually, this really applies to you. So, um, but in actual fact, we met face to face in Singapore at an event, a fitness event. Um, and we were on the same panel and it was talking about women in fitness and um, influences, women who influence in fitness. And we came from different perspectives and I came from, you know, the in-club experience and building programs in-club and you came from a different perspective. But we sat next to each other and um, someone asked the question, which you probably get asked all the time. So if you don't know Natalie, I'm, I'm sharing right now, she has this Instagram handle called Rockstar Arms. And when someone said, why Rockstar Arms, you gave the best answer. So I'm going to leave that for you. It, you cracked me up. And I thought this woman is cool. You are down to earth, funny, real, and it didn't, it took me all of five minutes to figure out that, you know, if we were living in the same city, we'd probably be friends. <laughs> <laughs> you're probably laughing because you're thinking, oh, I'm not no, sure. No, we would. <laughs> we probably would. Just down to earth, tell it like it is. And we had a really good time on that panel. And, and I think from that moment, we kind of stayed in touch a little bit and just checked in with each other and stuff so um I'm gonna leave it to you to tell the truth now <laughs> I hope it's still the same story <laughs> is, is that right is that how we come <laughs> yeah no it is that that's exactly it and the the story behind the 
Instagram handle, you know, which I do cringe when everyone says, oh, what, you know, what's your name on Instagram or social media? Um, it just started out as a, as a joke, really. <laughs> and, I love that answer. But and, I do want to say before you carry on that if you have checked out Natalie's Instagram handle, Rockstar Arms, she's got more than the Rockstar Arms. It's like the whole thing is going on there and you're just a huge inspiration for women. So while the name is a joke you are no joke Natalie <laughs> thank you yeah so it was just a joke that stuck and ended up you know getting amassing followers and then it was just like oh my god it's I can't change it now it is what it is so I do I do feel a bit of that imposter syndrome you know with it's you know and that, that people think I might actually take myself too seriously with the handle but it's not you know it's not meant to be at all yeah, and that's why I'm so glad to have you here and sharing because when people get to know you and, you know, they hear your voice and hear your take on it, it just it just makes you so much more accessible. So, yes, so tell us what you do, like, and how you got into the fitness industry because I think that's a great story. Yeah, so, you know, I, I've been in Singapore 17 years now. I, um, I came up with work. I worked for IT consulting firms. Um, came for two years, didn't leave. And, you know, I, I played sport my whole life, um, basketball at a somewhat high level. And then, you know, you hit your 20s and it's about drinking and, and having fun. But, you know, would manage to do some runs in between there. Um, and, you know, so stayed somewhat fit, but didn't take it as seriously. And, you know, I, I'd been traveling to the US or the UK at least once a month with my job for many years, you know, had a child, kept traveling, um, and then just decided that this wasn't what I wanted to do. Um, you know, I had a, a really good friend of mine who was my boss based in the US, another great female, and she'd left the company and I thought it was time that maybe I left and did something that that meant more to me than jumping on planes and working in a, you know, super large consulting firm. So I didn't know what that would be. I took myself off to a retreat for a week, um, came back, had helped a friend lose um, 60 kilos during the last year. Um, and people were sort of asking, how did, you know, how did that happen? What did you do? So decided to start a Facebook group just to share some tips and empower females, you know, first and foremost. Um, and that group was just, you know, it was a very private group, just friends of friends joining. Um, and that amassed to 5,000 people in a couple of months. Um, so I thought, oh, you know, my background's marketing, then this is an opportunity maybe for some content, you know, that's, that's a little bit more Asia-based. So built a website, um, started publishing a ton of content. During this time, my, you know, I was posting to social media. So we're talking seven, seven years ago now. So just consistently posting um, and I was getting into my running and Spartan racing and things more seriously then and starting to win some things. Um, and then, um, you know, then it, it grew from there. So. Um, I'd always, you know, for years and years, I'd had my PT qualifications, but never trained anyone, but was obviously it was a passion of mine. So started building online programs and testing those out and people started paying for them. So I thought it was a great opportunity to start and, you know, have my app built, which I did because no one else was sort of doing that from a personal point of view in this part of the world. 
And then we'd pick up um, contracts with the likes of Sports Singapore, which I still have for writing content. Um, and it sort of was a very organic growth. So when people say, well, you know, what, how do you get those followers or what do you do? It's like doing the same thing every day consistently, which no one really wants to hear about. Yeah. But, yeah. You know, it's those boring things um, and it's learning to say no to a lot of things, um, you know, embracing things that you don't know about um, and just, you know, thinking 70% is good enough, just, just get on with it. Nothing's going to be perfect. So I think it, it's been a really nice journey so far and the journey continues and, it, and, you know, I think it's still continuing to grow organically, maybe with a little bit more planning around it now, but, you know, there's, you know, I've had some great opportunities, filmed a big series for Facebook um, pre-pandemic, um, you know, which we ended up with, I think, 30 million views, you know, so it, it's been great and there's definitely a need for content, which is, which isn't this, you know, go, go, go stuff. It's just telling stories. Um, and so I think there's, you know, people can never get enough of really good, inspiring stories from everyday people. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And I just want to wind back <clears throat> a little bit to the part where you said, you know, you just, you've got to be consistent and, you know, you kept posting content and you had to learn new things. Well, it's kind of like that with the podcast for me. Yes. Old dog, new tricks right now. <laughs> but to be able to, um, you know, spend time talking to people like yourself and then realizing that people really like that type of thing. It's really inspiring. And it's, and it's you know, if I had spent more time working out how to edit things perfectly, it would never have got done. And so I'm just really glad that you said that because we're in the early days of the podcast. And um, yeah, if I kept thinking about how I could make things better and better and better, it would never get out and we would miss the opportunity. So <clears throat> I just feel, you know, inspired by what you've just said so thank you for that yeah no it is and I think the same with any you know with any social media with anything people get hung up on this photo or that photo or you know what am I saying in the text just get it out there you yeah. know and people will read it or they won't read it it doesn't matter but just put it out there if you're comfortable putting it out there you know do it nothing people don't want that polished perfect thing I yeah. think I just want something that's far more real yeah, not to overthink it too much, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah sometimes when I listen back to the podcast before I release them, I'm like, oh, I really didn't think about that. But okay, we're moving on. <laughs> it's going out. Um, so you also, um, what the the uh, series that you did for Facebook was um, that a television series, or have you done other things like that before? No. So again, out of comfort zone, you know, I'd worked a bit in media, but I uh, worked with Facebook as one of their creators um, and, and the Singapore government to, to do this series called Keeping It Real, which was following three people through their journey. It wasn't about losing weight. It was just, you know, getting well and being their best selves. And we ended up following three guys um, with very different backgrounds. Uh, but, you know, so it's like here I am producing, hosting a series, which I'd never done before. Yeah. Um, and hopefully doing another one again this year when things settle down. So, you know, it's, it is the old dog, new tricks, you know. So at 47, I'm, I'm you know, producing this series that, that yeah. you know, was totally out of my comfort zone, but it's so much fun. Yeah. 
it's absolutely brilliant and I think that the way that you, you're so authentic and genuine that people can relate so well to you that I know that you've got more coming for you so yay all right yes. so on to your age <laughs> yes because <laughs> that's what people want to know um and you, you know you're fabulous you look amazing and I know you train really hard um, and you have a focus of a certain type of exercise that you do as well. Do you want to share what your focus is for keeping yourself fit now? And you are 47, so I can tell oh, you. 49, nearly 49. Yeah. Nearly 49 this I month. So. Yeah. <laughs> that changes the trajectory of some of my questions. <laughs> it's going to be fun. Um, but yeah, share with um, the listeners, like, yeah, what would a, a typical workout be for you? Yeah, so, you know, I think, so, you know, when it comes to fitness, I'm always about putting myself out of my comfort zone. So, you know, it was Spartan racing and then I went and did track because I'd never done track before and competed in that. And then I thought, what is the opposite of what I can do with track is go and run ultras, even though I'd never run a marathon before. Yeah. Um, so for me, I've, I've fallen in love with ultra running. So my, a lot of my training revolves around obviously running now I'm older it's not about running faster it's about endurance and running longer and slower mm -hmm. so I, I really believe that that's kept me injury free as well so from for me I will be running anywhere from 110 to 150 kilometers a week um, and then I think also on top of that strength is super important so you know I will do a couple of weight sessions a week um, you know I'm terrible with mobility and flexibility so that's something that I'm working on so you know we do a family stretch at 6 15 every morning I made it make everyone stretch for 15 minutes so it's about looking after my body for the longer term but still you know, it's still pushing myself to see what I can achieve and do some, you know, crazy 100 mile races and different things just because I, I really believe, you know, I can still still perform at a yeah. high level and do that. But it's just got to be planned a lot better with the training. Yeah. Um, so I'm not sure if you or other listeners have listened to previous podcast episodes with Wendy Sweet, Dr. Wendy Sweet. She delivered episode one was hormones and sleep which is really awesome and then episode two was hormones and exercise and she actually did touch on how endurance exercise was a preferable mode for women who are perimenopausal or menopausal or older so I think you're a really really fantastic example of someone that I mean obviously you're taking it to <laughs> the extreme <laughs> of an ultra marathon but saying how that is actually better for your body and mentally I think is it's a tough sport mentally I feel that as we get older we have that mental toughness you know 100 oh, you know I did my first ultra marathon which was 100ks had no expectations you know whatsoever just got out there and did it had no music because my music broke within the first five kilometers um so I was in my head for you know for 11 hours um and, you know, I ended up winning it and beating all the boys and, you know, which was, you know, mind blowing for me. But I think you're right. It's it's really at least 50 percent mental at that point. And I feel like as women, as we age, we're mentally tougher. We don't really give a damn what anyone thinks mm -hmm. and you just get on with it and do it. <laughs> so at 49. So this is where I said I was going to put yes. it. Um, 
have you experienced any perimenopausal or menopausal symptoms or had moments where you've gone, oh gosh, that feels a bit weird? All the time, you know, and, and I actually have just been to my doctor for a checkup and she, and she said, oh, you can still have babies if you like. There's no chance of that. But well, you know, that. My GP was the same, my gynae was the same. She'd go, oh, you've still got some eggs looking good. Yeah. And I'm like, have you met my last child? <laughs> yeah, there's no We're chance. not. Shut up. Shut yeah. Um, but, you know, I feel I feel mass hormone shifts quite regularly. Um, you know, I can be running some days and I just feel like I want to burst out crying for no reason at all. Um, and, and even, you know, I have to stop myself constantly just being short or being, you know, knowing that knowing that there's frustration um, building up. So absolutely, I do that, you know, experience the sweats at night. Um, you know, and I feel, I feel like when it comes to exercise, especially, you know, when we talk about endurance and things, I used to, you know, I do CrossFit, I do those HIIT classes. Now I just feel like that's not being kind to my body. So mm. um, I'm trying to work out what is being kind and, and looking after it a lot better. Yeah. So it's quite a journey, isn't it? I think we're, we're quite similar in that way. We really understand our bodies. And so when these little changes come up, it only takes like maybe two months where it might've been two cycles where the same crazy shit happened and you go, oh, oh, this is something to do with menopause or perimenopause. So you mentioned, you know, like how you'd be running along and you feel like you're going to burst into tears. I mentioned this on a previous podcast as well. Like I had these kind of psychotic episodes and I never spoke to anyone about them. Even my husband, I never said, you know, I'm having these moments in my head where I'm playing out scenarios that are just not true, you know? And it started to really mess with my confidence. Um, and then when I realized it was two or three months in a row that I was having that same moment, and it's usually as you're driving in the car and you're playing the scenario in your head, which is not true. And then you go, oh, this is how your hormones really mess with you. And of course, when you're, you're waking up in the night, like a sleep, night sweats and stuff, it gets worse, the, the messing with the head thing. So when you mentioned, you know, you could even be out running and feel like you want to cry. I 100% got you. <laughs> I got you on that one. <laughs> it is, yeah. It's just a, a random feeling that I think unless you're going through it, you can't explain it to someone. It's, it's yes. um, yeah. And you know why you're getting it and you know what it probably is, but it doesn't necessarily doesn't make it easier. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think the whole purpose of us talking is to reach other women and say, hey, look, what you're feeling and what you're experiencing, we, we've got that as well. And we also can't explain exactly, you know, how to fix it because everybody's different. Yes. It's just that we will keep searching and we'll keep sharing, you know, some of the best practices and ideas. And for me, you know, it's bound around science. So, yeah, none of this hocus pocus stuff. Oh. <laughs> Um, you have quite another a story around um, DVT and, you know, something you found out about yourself. Yes. Yeah. So two things. So first, um, you know, I was, must have been uh, maybe 13 years ago, was waking up in the, you know, in the morning, not being able to walk or, you know, hold a hairbrush or anything. Um, you know, I was doing triathlons. Um, back then so I, I was struggling to cycle and hold handlebars and went to the doctor and you know got tested and had was told I had rheumatoid arthritis 
Um, so, you know, got, got on uh, some drugs for that, not, not the steroids, but just something to try and get it under control. Um, and then not long after that, I was, you know, still doing triathlons um, and had a sore leg, didn't know what it was, had done a couple of trips. Um, and, you know, I just remember being on a plane on the way home from China, seeing a friend. And I said to, you know, Matt, my husband, I don't think I can walk off this plane. You know, my legs really sore. I'd been to the physio. They said it was nothing and got myself home and the next day woke up and my leg was double in size um literally almost like a mirror you could see yourself so i went to this great sports doctor in singapore and he's like i'm betting it's dvt walk across the road see this this specialist and he's just scanning just going blood clot blood clot blood clot blood clot all up my left leg um so and then into hospital i went so um you know i always joke i don't get it the flu I just get big stuff um and you know we we did all the tests um and it was sort of 99% that it came from being on the contraceptive pill um, which was the cause of it um so dealing with that you know I wore those um waist high awful stockings for two years 24 7 Wow. So I think, you know, we joke that the low point in my life, I got pregnant during that time as well, was being pregnant, trying to put on these stockings in the heat in Singapore, you know, and then injecting myself because I was on blood thinners and, yeah. you know, arthritis playing up. So it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a pretty sort of 18 months of my life at that time. Um but, you know, took myself off the tablets for my rheumatoid arthritis uh, and I can control it. I know what, what spurs it on. It's stress, it's alcohol, it's red meat for me. Yeah. So if I have any of those things, I know that there will be consequences. It's not that I, you know, don't want to have them. Um, it's just the next day I won't be holding a hairbrush in the morning. Um, and so, you know, it is, it is what it is, but I, I really believe it you know it shouldn't stop you from from doing anything and it's like you're saying understanding your body and knowing what works and what doesn't work and and how you can heal yourself really or just control it yourself yeah do you have any sort of specialist or someone that you can talk to around the effects of rheumatoid arthritis with menopausal hormones do you understand no. how that yeah, because it's so interesting, you know, rheumatoid arthritis goes away when you're pregnant, yes. um, which is magnificent. But then, you know, as soon as I gave birth, almost it came back twice as bad and I would struggle to hold Liliana or whatever because it was it was intense. Yeah. Um, but no, I don't. And it's it's. Um, you know, I, I do notice that I think stress and lack of sleep for me is almost the biggest things that that bring it on. So it's it's trying to control it around that. But I haven't even thought about it with the hormone um, yeah. discussion. My is actually doing an episode with me and she has uh, lupus. So and she's in the um, health industry and she understands it quite well. So what what's exciting is that she'll follow <laughs> and tell us a little bit more about how the hormones react to anti-inflammatory disorder. Yeah. Um, 
So it, it'll be good for all of us because I was totally blown away. I mean, she knows so much about how her body and hormones work when you have any, any anti-inflammatory disorder. I think rheumatoid arthritis comes under that. Um, fibromyalgia, is that how you say it? <laughs> could much better than I could. <laughs> oh, she's going to correct me. Um, and lupus. So that's something to look forward to for people. And, and, and it's more widespread than we realize. Um, and one of the really interesting things is I also noticed some um, inflammation in my joints. And um, that was about two or three years ago, just on the verge of uh, perimenopause. And knowing that it was inflammation, the first thing I looked at was stress and diet. And I took out all the inflammation, inflammatory foods and instantly toned up. <laughs> and people were thinking that I'm training harder. In actual fact, it was the reverse. Just took out the inflammation and, you know, and physically improved. Obviously, I felt better generally. So yeah. like yourself, if I have those things for me, it's, you know, dairy products, wheat, too much alcohol, I'll instantly flare up and I feel yeah. crap the next day. So it is quite a kick in the butt, a reminder. It's so sad though, isn't it? Oh, know, I know. All the fun stuff. They make such good wine here. I, and I think we, I think most people are inflamed and they don't realise it. You know, yeah. they just learn to live with it, male or female. Yeah. Um, but if we took a step back and thought about what does it feel to be normal, then it's it's not feeling, you know, not having that that hurt in your hands or your legs or your hips. It's you know, yeah. yeah. Well, I think it's pretty amazing that you are still training for ultra marathons and you do have rheumatoid arthritis. So does that not affect your joints at all? Or do you just, um, everything that you manage is just helping? Yeah, I think I just manage it well. And then, you know, I think as, as we age too, recovery is key, which, you know, people forget about. Um, so, you know, things like, you know, compression pants are key to my recovery um, and just just rest, I think, more than anything too. And making sure that I'm putting the good stuff in my body straight away after a, you know, a four-hour run or whatever the training session is. It's it's making sure that that good stuff goes in um, so you, your body's not feeling like it's being rejected by you. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Great tips. Thank you. Um, so who's a woman that inspires you that you've always looked to? Yeah, you know, there's obviously there's a lot of women in sport, um, but I sort of also look outside of sport at women that are really trailblazers in their field and, you know, that are, you know, our age maybe or, yeah. or older. And I, you know, and I always appreciate that one of the hardest jobs as a woman I think to be successful in is as a female comedian because you know it's it's a it's a you know as someone said it's probably the hardest job in the world to be a female comedian so I think the likes of the Amy Polars and things you know they're still doing it they're still mums they're still you know still getting asked stupid questions yeah. by reporters uh, you know about their kids yet they're some of the funniest women on the planet bringing joy to so many women and we can relate to them yeah um, so you know I, I love I love women doing things out of the ordinary um, like that and then you know, from a running perspective, you know, Courtney Doorwater, but, you know, Jasmine Paris that, you know, ran and set all these records whilst breastfeeding yeah. uh, and beat the men by 12 hours. You know, yeah. I think that they're, 
ordinary women doing extraordinary things, which I think is is the key. So it just shows that you know a mum at home can go and you know achieve extraordinary things if if she wants to. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think that's an awesome awesome way of viewing it. And yeah, ordinary woman doing extraordinary things. Yeah. I, I aspire to be like JLo, but it's yeah, oh, I love JLo too. Yeah. I think I've missed the boat on that side. Um, <laughs> so I'm wondering if the listeners have ever picked up the fact that we, to them, we may sound similar, but you're from Australia and I'm from New Zealand. So I'm going to do a random test here just to help people figure out how do you know when you're talking to a Kiwi or when you're talking to an Aussie? There's the first thing is I'll say Kiwi and you'll say Aussie. So I'm going to say a word and then you're going to say a word. You're going to say the same word. Okay. okay? And we're going to help people figure it out. Okay. So my first word is dance. Dance. You don't say that. I do. Yeah, I do. You don't say dance? No. No. Oh, see, I, yeah. Where are you from? <laughs> I know I'm maybe it's posh Aussie <laughs> Ooh, maybe because you've been away so long that's true okay, yeah. let's try one. um jandals oh sa- uh, what are, j- are they sandals flip-flops flip-flops yeah or thongs thongs our thongs is underwear yeah <laughs> <laughs> right okay what about um fish and chips yeah fish and chips <laughs> let's just do that one more time fish and chips Fish and chips. Yeah, that's the one. Good job. <laughs> okay, but usually I tell people that if they want to figure out the difference, the difference between an Australian and a Kiwi, it's to ask them to say the word dance because we'll say dance and normally in yes, Australia, dance. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, moving off that. Um, <laughs> just threw it in there. I love it. So a book or a course that you would recommend because part of part of the information that I want to share is that we're all inspired by things that we read that we listen to and um, we're all about sharing so I am some of it is is like selfish reasons I want to know what are you reading (laughs) yeah and and I you know I'm out on a lot of long runs and I I don't listen to music I listen to to podcasts yeah books so I get through them uh very fast but one that I thought was really pertinent to this discussion is a book called Lifespan uh, by Dr. David Sinclair, who's actually an Aussie guy based at Harvard. And it talks about the aging process and how we don't have to age. Uh, And he's this amazing research scientist, uh, super famous around the world. So I would encourage everyone to either read it or listen to it because it really, uh, you know, it, it gives you hope um, and maybe a bit of a kick that you know you don't have to accept aging as it's been uh, you know being taught to us. You know we we can do different things. We don't need to to be stopping getting old or not being able to run that ultra marathon or whatever it may be. So um, I think that's a super super good one. Oh, I love it. I've written it down and I'm on it. It sounds amazing, like right up my alley. So yes. thank you for the recommendation. So. <laughs> It's been awesome. You've been awesome. And um, I hope that we can meet up again in person really soon, like as soon as, you know, pandemic's done. Yeah. <laughs> as soon as we can get on a plane. Well, you've been on a plane as soon as I can get on a plane. Yeah. I mean, and the last flight I took was nothing mm-hmm. like the experiences I've had in the past that was yeah. 
highly stressful, executed like, you know, as if we were going in to do a diamond robbery. <laughs> it was <laughs> everything was so, you know, it, I mean, I went through Singapore airport and it was crazy. Um, yeah, it was nothing like I've been ever seen before. It was so surreal. So I'm really looking forward to the next time I get to Singapore and that we can sit down and have a face to face. Yes, same. And a glass of wine, even though it'll make us sore the next day. Oh, we'll, we'll complain to each other the next day. <laughs> yes. It's a long, long, slow, gentle walk. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thanks, Natalie. Thank you so much. <laughs>I had so much fun interviewing Natalie for episode 5 and I found it fascinating how many people actually have an autoimmune disease. So I'm excited to let you know that for episode 6 coming up, we're going to dive a little bit deeper into the effects of autoimmune disease on the body, how it affects your menopausal hormones and how to get through life on the daily. Looking forward to sharing episode 6 with you, my very special guest, my sister. I hope you enjoyed listening to the episode as much as I enjoyed hosting it. I love that there are so many generous women willing to share their story and expertise to help and inspire all of us going through the mire of menopause. If you enjoyed this episode, please check the show notes to follow my guests. All their details are there. And if you want to stay connected for further episodes, please like, subscribe, review, and of course, share with your friends. It's through your support and feedback that I can continue to produce episodes. Aroha nui.